Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. I am John Ledyard, and this podcast is energized by our friends over at Celsius. Along with me today, Scott Reynolds, my esteemed boss, back on the podcast after a one-podcast suspension. Scott, how are you on this fine Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve? I'm doing good, John, and I'm, I'm glad I'm not suspended anymore. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough. It was Especially a tough. Actually. I, I, that's true. In just in time for a big a big game preview, just in time for Thanksgiving, and I almost had everybody suspended on the podcast. Rolled <laughs> yesterday on the podcast first five minutes solo until Mark Cook showed up, got his mic and everything plugged in, and the fans were very worried they were going to have to listen to another uh, uh, podcast similar to the one after Antonio Brown signed, where I was just rambling for half an hour. So thankfully, uh, we got Mark in here, and we were able to to get it up and going, but we've got a good show planned for today, Scott, because I'm not going to, I don't want to brag too much on us, but the last preview show we did with, with the Rams and the Bucks, we obviously called the game. You called the game exactly right, but we really broke it down. And I thought a lot of the things we talked about came to fruition in that game, some good, some bad. And so we're going to have the opportunity to do that again with a really great opponent, obviously in the chiefs. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where, uh, Certainly servicing our, our audience of, of diehard Buccaneer fans. Um, I don't like necessarily predicting losses for the right. team, but that's just one of those that, that really we, we felt was was coming, and, um, and we felt it would be a close game. I mean, your, your score was, was pretty darn close. Um, you know, I happened to hit the, the, the money on that, but um, yeah. at the same time, didn't win any money on that. I did win money at my bookie. We'll get into that a little bit later. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a it's a it, it, this is tough. I thought that the Buccaneers would split between the Rams and the Chiefs, but after watching what we saw on Monday night and the injuries, really, John, that yeah. we need to, to talk about in uh, in just a, a second here, um, it, it's going to be difficult, I think, for for the Bucks in the short week against a, a top notch, top flight opponent and the defending Super Bowl champion, uh, Kansas City Chiefs to to rebound with a win uh but you know what john um maybe they need to mix it up at one buck in your place and give these guys a celsius before the game on sunday what do you think john i tell you what scott uh it would be a good strategy because celsius has been great to us and they actually are the reason that you're getting this podcast today because all this that we're doing today is sponsored by our friends over at celsius John, as you know, Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. I've been drinking Celsius now for, uh, gosh, almost all of, of 2020. My wife turned me on to Celsius, and um, uh, I got to tell you, she likes more of like the, the real fruity flavors, the sweet okay. flavors. This one right here, this Fuji apple pear is new for fall, and it's pretty good. Wow. Uh, I, I grew up drinking apple juice, and this is a sparkling uh, drink and it's it's pretty darn tasty. Uh, That's the I, one Mark said yesterday on the show. I think that he was going to try that the Fuji Apple. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's um, the orange is still my favorite. Uh, the grape is also uh, in there. But listen, 
Bucks fans, computer report readers, get you one of these. This is the variety pack from Celsius. It comes in all different sorts of flavors, grapefruit, uh, raspberry acai, the uh, sparkling cucumber lime uh, mm. drink, which is interesting, peach mango, grapefruit, watermelon. They've got a cola flavor. Haven't tried this yet, but wow. uh, I kind of gave up drinking soda, but this is interesting because it's a cola flavor, and this is actually the good stuff that's good for you. Uh, it's it's an energy drink that is is formulated to work with your body. So whether you need that extra pick me up in the middle of the afternoon, you know, which which I do at age forty eight, I'm dragging. Um, that's when I, when I usually hit the Celsius. Or if I'm getting ready to go to the gym, uh, it's it's a great light tasting beverage that it isn't too heavy and it really kind of fuels my workout. So uh, make sure you click on the banners, uh, Peter Report readers on PeterReport.com, the Celsius banners. They're going to take you to Amazon where you can get the sample pack to find out which flavor you like best. Or if you know which flavor uh, is yours, you can order right there through the the, the banner mm -hmm. and you save a lot of money rather than going to necessarily the convenience store and getting them one by one. So, right. so make sure you do that. Drink Celsius. They are the official title sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. I should have some coming this week. They're on the way, I think. And so I'm looking yep. forward to being able to sample some and give my thoughts and opinions as well, as well as this on this matchup, Scott. We've got a, a, a really on paper what looks like what's looked like since the beginning of the season and what still looks like it could be a really fun matchup because offensive football still sells. I know you're a defensive oh, yeah. guy and you love it, and I do too. But at the same time, we know that offense gets people up out of their seats and excited, and this looks like a game where, man, you just look at it and you hope that this could be a game that the Bucks offense kind of gets out of the rut that they've been. And I think the Chiefs defense may be a little bit better yes, than yes, people yes. think they are, but I still hope that this is a game the Bucks offense can find more success in than they did a week ago. Yeah, I just don't think, though, that, that they are as good as the Rams are, right? And if the Buccaneers put up 24 points against the Rams defense, I got to think that, that they can maybe hit that 30 mark, uh, maybe even getting close to 40 against the Chiefs. I do think that that this defense in Kansas City presents some opportunities for Tampa Bay to attack them. Uh, if, if you look in the secondary, they don't have that stud, that Jalen Ramsey uh, on, on the, the field. Um, although I do like uh, Legereus Sneed, the, the rookie mm -hmm. uh, defensive back out of um, uh, out of Louisiana Tech. Louis you know, yeah, you know he he's he's a player that I liked before the draft. I think I had him as the Bucks' best bet uh, oh. in, in the draft. At the, he was in my top 100. Yeah, yeah, really good player like, for them. Yeah. you know when you factor him and Tyron Matthew, Daniel Sorensen, they've got some playmakers. Those three guys, you know, have seven interceptions between them, but. Uh, I just think that the, the better defense is going to win on Sunday, and I think that's what gives the Bucks the chance. But when you talk about defense and interceptions, John, the, the number that stands out for me is this year. As yeah. for Patrick Mahomes, two interceptions. This guy, really, really hard to, to, to pick off, and they had some success uh, earlier this year. Against the quarterback and Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. They got him a couple times, so mm -hmm. maybe they can they can have some success. John, this game's at four twenty-five. It's not a night game technically, so maybe that helps not, out the Bucks. It it's so funny, but it's like the splits are so dramatic for the Bucks this season that even though to me it makes no sense why it would make a difference what time the game is, and it usually doesn't make sense. It's usually just the better team. I mean, the Bucks are clearly better than the Bears and the Giants, but clearly did not play very well in those games. 
and they played really well in pretty much every afternoon game. And some people will point to the Saints game, but it was week one, and I still feel like the Bucks played a lot better in that game than most people realize, I think. But it, it's – I don't know. I'm with you, Terrence Davis. I see you saying this primetime thing is not a story. I, I, I mean <laughs> – I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, they've made it a story because it's clearly been a, a thing so far this season. And so, um, you know, I don't think it necessarily means that, oh, you know, this is automatically going to be a better game for the Bucs. I mean, so that part of it, you know, I'll, I'll throw out the window as well. But I do right. think when you look at this matchup and you think about I, – I, I went into this and, and saw what the Chiefs did. It was kind of like, okay, what do they do well defensively? And, um, you know, just thinking about the Bucks' offense and, and can they get going this week and – just thinking about the Chiefs do coverage wise, and you know this is a, a group that's going to play them a lot different, I think, than than the Rams did. Um, the Chiefs will be probably, I think, as of like a week or two ago, um, they had the highest rate of cover zero snaps in the NFL. Yeah. That's still only like ten percent of your coverage snaps for them, you know, which is highest than anyone else. But so they'll give you some zero looks with no safety help, and they'll blitz, um, and they'll just have you make a decision quickly actually worry about Brady less in those situations than, than usual. Um, but the reality is you've got to have the routes in place uh, to be able to complete passes in those situations. So him being able to see it pre-snap will be big and then change the yeah. hot to whatever he needs to be to get a completion on those kind of plays because unlikely you're going to hit a vertical ball under that kind of pressure. So you've got to make sure you're in an offense that gives you an outlet option quickly so that you can get the ball out and stay productive on whatever down it is. Uh, to keep yourself out of long down and distances with incompletions or with sacks, even worse. Yeah. You know, and and uh, I want to bring up this point here. We're kind of bouncing back and forth because there's so much to cover between the Chiefs defense, their offense, the Bucks defense, their offense. But, you know, Mr. Hewitt brings up an interesting point here. It's it's hard to play man against Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes has got some wheels. We haven't seen a quarterback that has the scrambling ability. I mean, really outside of Taysom Hill, but when he was yeah. in the game, against the Buccaneers. He was running the ball. That was a, that was a premeditated run out of the Wildcat. Uh, but the Bucs haven't really faced a bunch of scrambling-type quarterbacks. Um, while Patrick Mahomes is not exactly Lamar Jackson, this guy, he will take off and pick up 10 yards and, and, uh, and convert a third and, and long with his legs if you do play man coverage because the backs are turned to the quarterback in that situation running with a wide receiver and – the reason why we know those backs are going to be turned is because Kansas City's got a bunch of speed at the wide right. receiver positions. Not just Tyree Kill. We're talking Miko Hardman, Sammy Watkins. These guys can flat out fly. Mm-hmm. And and then you, you also have Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a guy that out of the backfield can can run the wheel route. And uh he's he's got you know some some pretty decent speed to him himself. So um really interesting. I'm I'm the guy that's been saying don't play zone, don't play zone, Todd Bowles, because of the dink and dunk style. We saw that uh, certainly on Monday night, John, 84% completion percentage, mm-hmm. jerk off, carving up the Bucks' soft zone coverage. But this is one of those games where I'm not saying play soft zone, but uh, man-to-man presents its challenges, especially if Jamel Dean can't play. And what did we learn about the Bucks' injury situation today? Because that's going to be a big factor on a short week against a really good team like Kansas City. A lot of guys on the injury report right now. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see. We've had some miscommunications with Arians on the injury report before. You know, oh, so-and-so didn't react as well. They're actually limited. You know, so yeah. we haven't gotten the official injury report yet, but what he said, he mentioned that uh, Donovan Smith hadn't practiced uh, today, I believe. 
Um, was, yeah. was he the only player that didn't practice at all? And, and Jamel Dean is concussed. Jamel Dean and A.Q. Shipley. And A.Q. Uh, Shipley, and then, right. And then Ali Marpet. So Marpet and Jamel Dean are, are still in the concussion protocol. So even if Marpet was practicing, it was probably in a limited capacity. And, you know, we'll find out uh, soon what the injury report uh, is. But Donovan Smith, I'm going to guess he will play. He finished that game with that rolled ankle. And, mm-hmm. and I know sometimes after the, the game, it could swell up on you, right? But he's a gamer just like Mike Evans did. When Mike Evans rolled his ankle uh, against the Chargers, he played on Thursday night against the Bears. I would expect Donovan Smith, even with a short week, to go out there and give it a go at left tackle. Uh, but really the interesting thing is A.Q. Shipley. Remember, John, asked uh, Bruce about Shipley's injury Monday night after the game. He said, oh, we just got a stinger. You know, nothing yeah. to worry about. He should <laughs> this is okay. what I mean. This is right. what I mean. It's yeah, just well, it turns hard out to know it's true. He missed practice today. Mm-hmm. And and what we did find is, is if Ali Marpet and A.Q. Shipley can't go this week, Ryan Jensen would return to center and Aaron Stinney would come in at left guard and replace Marpet. If that's the situation, still a couple practices to go tomorrow. The Bucks will be practicing on Thanksgiving, then Friday's practice for sure. The walkthrough Saturday, then all of a sudden the Chiefs come to town. But it's going to be interesting to see now because you got kind of a banged up offensive line, John, and the Chiefs' defense is not exactly what the front four is. And we just received the injury report. Yeah, you're so, going to crack up. <laughs> you ready for this? Yeah. Here's the actual injury report as it differentiates yeah. from what Bruce said. Uh, Jamal Dean did not participate, so that, that is as expected. Uh, right. Tanner Hudson still did not participate. Chris Godwin with the finger, full participant. Ali Marpet, full participant in yeah. practice. So full yeah, participant in practice, but he remains in the protocol still. Right. Uh, so that's good news. We'll see, and then how he fares after this practice and what he does tomorrow right. will actually probably be an indication. I want to say whether he plays, but there's not a lot. If you go back in the protocol tomorrow or like go back in the process – Still right. a pretty limited chance you'll play. So we'll see how he does. Uh, limited participant for JPP. That's nothing new. AQ Shipley did not participate. Donovan Smith did not participate. Um, and Ryan Smith was a limited participant with an ankle. Again, thin at corner, so we'll have to keep yeah. an eye uh, on him as well. Um, and John, the Chiefs, full participation from everybody on the roster. So this is a healthy Chiefs team coming to Raymond James Stadium on Sunday. So not only are they 9-1, and one, not only – are they the defending champions? Not only do they have an MVP candidate again at Patrick Mahomes, they're fully healthy. So the Bucs don't yeah. even catch a break strategically at this position or that position because of, uh, of the fact that they got out of their game against the, the Raiders unscathed. The Buccaneers on a shorter week playing Monday night did suffer some of those key injuries. And, right. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on them. Well, it is kind of a makeshift offensive line, and it seems like we're let's focus on the Chiefs' offense too for for right now and how the Bucks' yeah. defense matches up. But it seems like it is kind of a makeshift Chiefs' offensive line right now. I mean, Mitchell Schwartz is on injured reserve, maybe the best right tackle in the NFL. Kalichio Semele uh, was a guy that they signed; he was off to a great start uh, early in the season with them, uh, the veteran, and he got hurt and put on injured reserve. Remember Lauren Duvernay Tardif uh, yeah. opted out of the season uh, to do some medical stuff. I can't remember exactly where or the, the details of that situation uh, surrounding COVID, though. He was working on that front. And so they kind of are down some of the normal starters that they would have in this group. But Andy Reid just pieces it together on the offensive line like no other. I mean, Andrew Wiley and Nick Allegretti are their guards right now. Yeah. Daniel Kilgore is kind of a cast-off veteran who's bounced around at center. Mike Remmers is back at right tackle for this team. Um, Eric Fisher back on the left side. He was banged up a little bit, I think. 
uh, or maybe it was a COVID list thing for him for a while. And and now he's, and he's back on there. So yeah, not the group that they really envisioned going into the year with for sure. Um, and, and it's been kind of a, a makeshift season for them, but it's hard to tell by looking at it, Scott, because they really, I mean, they've given up the tide for the fourth fewest sacks given up this season. Um, they just haven't, I think it's what 13 or something like that 12, on Patrick. 12, 12 is it? Okay. So hardly given up any, I think the Steelers at least with 10. So that gives you an idea yeah. how few sacks and obviously Mahomes right. is a big part of that. Um, sure. He just kind of, he's one of those quarterbacks that, and this is why I think it could be low key, a weird game for Shaq Barrett because Mahomes is one of those quarterbacks that will bail out of the back of the pocket and it works yeah. for him because he can throw while backpedaling with velocity. Right. Um, yes. So it's like a rare combination of, of this is a bad idea. And he also throws back across his body in the middle of the field. Right. So he breaks a lot of rules, but I right. say that to say, this is one where, you know, Shaq Barrett's been getting pretty high on those rushes. He's we've barely seen him go inside all season right. on rushes, which is a mm-hmm. big mistake normally, I think, but this could be uh, an opportunity for him to be able to, to dip in there to, to run outside and get outside of tackles and still be able to get some pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Um, because right now that has not been something that's coming for Shaq Barrett very easily. I mean, right. pressure is when quarterbacks hold the ball uh, because he works really hard, but it's not, he's not producing the way that they like him to produce. And so this is a big game for him. I think, yeah. I mean, we've said that a couple of times this season and eventually you got to start delivering, but when you face yeah. a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you can only blitz so much before it burns you. So you have to be able to yeah. get home and get an impact from your top guys. And he's going up against a ba- another backup tackle. It seems like Jack Barrett's had a ton of backups this season. Yeah. Another backup and tackle he's going up still, against in Remmers. The production just, just isn't there like it needs to be. And it's like, you know, Warren Sapp used to tell me, and listen, I, I know that the analytics and the stat nerds, they love pressures, but I'm telling you, it's like, you want to get paid in this league, you got to get the quarterback on the ground. Sacks get you paid, sacks get you in the Pro Bowl, not pressures. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between a pressure because you can pressure Patrick Mahomes, like you said. You can get him backpedaling and, and dropping 12 yards deep, and he'll still chuck the ball down the field with accuracy, and the ball's not going to die. It's not going to be underthrown. He still has the strength to, to get the ball down the field with velocity to a guy like Tyree Kill or Miko Hardman and make big plays, even under pressure. So mm-hmm. if you want to to really get to Mahomes and affect him, you got to hit him and you got to get him on the ground. And and especially on third downs, because this guy, again, he will beat you uh, by moving in and around the pocket. And if there's an alleyway, he's a young cat, man. He will get out there and, and run. It's not that he looks to run first, but if there is an opportunity, he'll do that. And he's got the, right. the wheels to pick up 10, 12 yards and, and really make defensive coordinators. I know Todd Bowles doesn't have any hair, but but uh, it, like he, he makes defensive coordinators pull their hair out because mm-hmm. he's he's got that escapability in and around the pocket and outside the pocket too. Shaq Barrett, I mean, this guy is losing money, and Jason Pierre-Paul I think is having a very good year this year from an overall impact perspective, making splash plays. We saw that mm-hmm. with the interception on Monday night. But John, Shaq Barrett, um, I, you know, I, I I don't know if he's going to be back next year. Yeah, right. I mean, like how yeah. with the cap being down and how much edge defenders cost, and somebody's still going to yeah. pay a lot of money for him. I bet um, he'll yeah. finish the season with eight sacks or so. And you know, I mean, you look at the tape of his sacks so far this season, and you're not going to see a lot of high quality one v one wins. You're just it's exactly. just not how they've come. It's not to say he's never had one this season. It's yeah. just, I mean, this is a guy that led the league in sacks in a great pass rush era, 
He led the league in sacks, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. And his pressure and you know rates what? were good too, but it's just not right. and, and you know, together this year. Ben Elliott just brings up a good point. Are we really just saying that Vita Vea was exactly as important as we thought he was to Shaq's sacks last year? Yeah, I mean, that pressure up the middle, collapsing the pocket, is going to force the quarterback to go you know, to his right, to his left, and, and right into the arms sometimes of, of the edge rushers. And, and we just haven't seen that this year. We have not seen enough push up there uh, to, to flush a, uh, uh, a quarterback towards Shaq Barrett or Jason Pierre-Paul. Usually mm-hmm. when those guys uh, have, have had success, it has been beating the tackle one-on-one. And as you pointed out, John, and accurately so, Shaq just hasn't done that on nearly a, a, a consistent enough basis. Right. And playing Mahomes is very odd, too. I mean, there's nothing, like I said already, he breaks a ton of rules. And so it's hard enough for pass you mean rushers. like throwing across his body? <laughs> yeah, he throws back across his body to the middle of the field and he can miss passes like on early downs. And he can, I mean, he's 17th right now in adjusted completion percentage in the NFL. Like it's not like he's lighting it up in that regard. He's not even necessarily efficient. Whereas somebody like Brady, I feel like I'm like always harping on what happens on first down, what happens on second down, because he has to be efficient to be successful, like like almost every quarterback in the NFL. It's just not true for Patrick Mahomes. Like he just doesn't have to have that. Like he he can not be that efficient and he can still convert third and long as, as often as he does. I mean, um, you know, this is a team, they're second and third down percentage this season but they haven't been all that efficient. Like first and second down can be a little bit of an adventure sometimes, but yeah. they've been so good on third downs. It doesn't really matter. And, and they're first in passing yards and, you know, he's deep ball completions. You know, he only has 18, he has 18, which is the same number of deep ball completions as Tom Brady. Um, I think if you'd have told people that I'm talking about passes that travel 20 plus yards in the air, by the way, mm-hmm. if you'd have told people at the beginning of the season that Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady would be tied with deep ball completions and going into week 12 matchup, I think that people would have been like, wow. Like, um, but it really hasn't been like a, you know, like we talked about Brady start to the season being great with yeah. the deep ball. Mahomes is just kind of, it's been like pick and choose your moments with it. It hasn't been right. like a massive part of their offense this season. I mean, that's the sixth most deep balls in the league. So right. in general, I think deep ball passing is down around the league, but you know, except he in is Tampa one of, Bay, except in Tampa Bay, it down the field, whether attempts are up, yeah, right. yeah. attempts are up. Teams are kind of scheming to take it away more, I think from teams, but I mean, yeah, it is one of the craziest things about it though, is that even though as much as he may, you know, not throw that many deep balls, but they're the yards that they're getting off the deep ball are insane. I mean, they are getting, um, just an insane amount of yards, not only off the deep ball, but off of when they're pressured. Um, right. I mentioned this to you before the show, but 28th, Mahomes is 28th right now in adjusted completion percentage when under mm-hmm. pressure. So it's yeah. not like there's no efficiency under pressure, but that's right. a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL, as I was talking about. There's not mm-hmm. like a great efficiency under pressure, but under pressure, he's the fourth most amount of passing yards. So he mm-hmm. completes high degree, degree of difficulty plays under pressure. So it's not yeah. efficient necessarily right. it's not a high completion percentage but mm-hmm. when he when he hits them he's making them count for for huge plays and they're really tough plays that most quarterbacks can't make and that's what makes him so difficult is because just when you do everything right defensively he can still yeah. make a play to beat you and let's just be honest scott the bucks haven't really done everything right defensively right. for a, a while now and so it's concerning when even if your process is good the result yeah. can be bad and and when you look at when you say bad it's like Jamel Dean has not played exceptionally well over the last couple of games, but you, you want him out there on Sunday because all hands on deck against this 
Chiefs arsenal of wide receivers. And uh, so, so to me, uh, Ross Cockrell, he's, he's going to be thrust into the mix. Sean Murphy Bunting has not played well this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlton Davis has, but okay, so Carlton can erase one guy, whether it's Tyree Kill on this play or Sammy Watkins on that play. The Chiefs still have a lot of weapons, and it's going to take a collective effort on defense, I think. Uh, they're really yeah. going to have to step up, and that's why I'm not really liking the Bucks this week. Um, it, it's you know, just going to take something, and especially with yeah. Sammy Watkins being back, Scott. Yeah. Like I didn't know what his status was going to be, right. and seeing that he's a full participant today, it's just – I mean, that's been the one yeah. thing with the Chiefs. People can focus a little bit on Tyree Kill, and mm-hmm. you hope you have a matchup guy for Travis Kelsey, and most teams haven't. But with Sammy Watkins back in there, he's just so much better – than McCole Hardman or than Demarcus Robinson. Right. And so it, it just adds a whole nother level mm-hmm. um, to what their offense is able to accomplish, makes them that much more difficult. And when you're down yeah. one of your top corners, even as bad as Demel, Jamel Dean's played recently, right. uh, yeah, it gets a little scary on paper. It does. I think the only thing that Patrick Mahomes doesn't do well, and as long lost laser points out, uh, he's not perfect. He puts ketchup on steak. That's a big no no <laughs> at Reynolds' house. You know, That's you a huge. Use- if you want to use Everywhere, some Worcestershire sauce, right? if you want to use some steak sauce, that's fine. Even a little barbecue sauce, right? Because I'm a Kansas City guy at heart um, growing up there. Not a Chiefs fan, though, not anymore. On your I mean, steak, I'm, though? Well, it depends. It, it, if, if it's a filet or or a really good ribeye, then no. But if you have a little bit more of like a, you know, like a, like a sirloin or, you know. A little uh, denser. Yeah, like even a strip sometimes, you know. If I'm I don't know if I can do it. Sauce, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, I, it's not my go-to, but I'm just saying barbecue sauce before ketchup. So, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he can do ketchup. And what else did he that. say? He said he put ketchup on his Thanksgiving turkey or something. I'm yeah, just... that's a that's a big no-no, uh, too. Yeah. So uh, we're going to put up here. Uh, Mr. Hewitt says, I went to my bookie and bet on us, laugh out loud, segue. So appreciate the setup there, Mr. Hewitt. We're going to get right into the my bookie segue and the my bookie uh, ad right now. And listen, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. If you're listening to us live or watching us on Wednesday, that means tomorrow's Thanksgiving. If you're not, then maybe you're listening to us on Thanksgiving. But the great thing is Thanksgiving's all about traditions like the turducken and mashed potatoes and betting on football with MyBookie's Turkey Day free play. Now, you got to listen up, fans. This is really good. MyBookie's third annual Turkey Day free play returns tomorrow, Thanksgiving Thursday. It's your chance to bet up to $250 risk-free on the wow. early Thanksgiving game. Okay, that's the, the Lions-Texans game. The Turkey Day free play is a no-risk, all-gravy wager on the full game spread. Pick the right team, and you win. If your team is upset, your bet, up to 250 bucks is refunded before the next afternoon game. So it's you can't lose. New players will get their first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000 to help add even more excitement to the greatest football weekend of the year. That's right. Make your first deposit and get extra cash that you can use on parlays, teasers, and props all weekend long. Use the promo code PEWTER in order to claim your bonus and your free bet. And the best part is that's only the beginning. My bookie has promotions all holiday weekend long. Turkey Day free play is on Thanksgiving Thursday. That rolls into Black Friday boosted odds. So check out my bookie for what that uh, contest and promotion is all about. And then it finishes strong with the buy one, get one free Cyber Monday night football deal. That's why at my bookie, they call football season winning season. Check it out now. Use the promo code pewter. No risk, all gravy, baby. Don't forget the promo code pewter. 
claim all your freebies at my bookie. Well, we've talked about this Bucks defense and how they're going to match up and how we don't see it working out or being that successful. But let's be positive, Scott. Let's be a little more optimistic. Last time people were mad at us, they were like, well, wow, man, you think the Rams were the best team ever. You know, I got a couple of those comments. I mean, they look well, pretty good. But... Better than the Buccaneers on Monday. <laughs> we just, right. you know, yeah. uh, we're not going to blow smoke up your ass, people. That's it's right. like we're going to call it like you see it. We're not you know, cheerleaders for the team. Do, do we want the Buccaneers to win? Of course we do for you guys, your Buccaneer yes. fans. There's no doubt about it. But at the same time, um, we have to call it like we see it. And that's, that's I think, why you trust us, yep. Peter Nation, because we give the honest, unvarnished analysis and truth when it comes to your football team. Right. And that's why we're, you know, when it comes to our opinion based analysis in the Bucks, we're going to always be giving you the, the best content out there. Um, yeah. And so, but we'll do that by looking at things completely. And so in this game, it's like, okay, how do the Bucks, what's the best thing for them to do strategy wise to come out in this game? I've thought a ton about it. I don't think there's just an answer. This is what it is. You know what I mean? Against the right. Rams, it was like easy on papers. Like if you pressure yeah. Jared Goff, he will crumble based on all the data and all the tape that we had. He'll crumble and you give yourself a chance to win the game. They didn't pressure him that much. They pressured him some. He didn't crumble. He was marvelous uh, in the face of pressure, and so yeah. they didn't. So they didn't win the games. But it, that was the strategy. It was clear what the strategy should be, um, and it just didn't. It didn't work, and they didn't execute it well enough either. So, right. but against this game, I'm really not sure. People have already tried pretty much everything yeah. against Patrick Mahomes. Not much has worked. Um, the Raiders have had some interesting ideas this season, mixing up and they're a bad defense. They're worse defense mm -hmm. than the Bucks, uh, but they right. mixed up coverages a little bit to try and confuse them. They've kind of drafted i think to 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 basically stop mahomes and which is a yeah. smart you know perspective uh, to take but i think it's kind of you know they forced him to make plays out of structure a lot the other night and he made enough of them then then they lost and they don't have any pass rush either the raiders so that was a big right. difference so i think watching the raiders gives me some level of hope to say okay mm -hmm. like you know and again this is without sammy Watkins, who makes a difference but it's like, okay, if we can if we can rotate our safeties a little bit, you know, the Bucs are predominantly a single high coverage team. But if they can get a little more too high mixed in there and take right. away the big play, I think yes. taking away the big play is is really important in this game. The Chiefs are fifth in yards per attempt. So they mm -hmm. still like to hit them in chunks. And it's not yeah. just vertical. They will hit big plays horizontally too. So yeah. you just have to be aware of crossers. And Antoine Winfield can't be hanging back like he did against the Rams. Right. You've got to be jumping crossers and trusting right. the corners to replace. Just and like fill Jordan Whitehead did, right? He was right. aggressive. You know, see ball, get ball, right? And no hesitation, boom. Jordan Whitehead made a very aggressive play, came mm -hmm. up with an interception. It was a hero play. Mm -hmm. And the Buccaneers, John, they're going to need some heroes on Sunday. No uh, doubt. They're going to need some guys that that are they're superstars like Jason Pierre-Paul, Levante David. Uh, these guys have to be superstars, first of all. And then you have to have some guys that are usually the sidekicks rise up to superhero status. Guy like Jordan Whitehead, a prime example. I thought he had a really good game against the run and the pass on Monday Night Football. He's a guy that is going to see he's going to see his share of Travis Kelsey. And right mm -hmm. now, the Buccaneers don't have anybody that can really match up with Travis Kelsey. Levante mm -hmm. David, they don't like to match him up. And man, they'll use Levante in zone coverage where he can use his eyes. And, uh, and and diagnose plays and break on the ball that way. Levante has a pick this year. He's dropped a couple. Uh, but that's where Levante David eats. That's where he thrives is in zone coverage uh, where he can do that. So you're going to see, I think, a lot of bracket coverage with Levante underneath and then mm -hmm. a safety over the top. You will see some man. Todd Bowles will mix it up and put Jordan Whitehead on Kelsey. But but that, that's not a great matchup. But uh, whoever it is, whether it's Mike Edwards, whether it's, it's Ross Cockrell, 
whether it's Sean Murphy bunting, you're going to need some some sidekicks on this team to step up because this is not going to be you know a, a Batman or a Spider Man um, winning the game for the Buccaneers on on defense. This is going to be it's going to take the Avengers, the Justice League, the mm-hmm. X Men, whatever you want to call it. It's going to take a cadre of superheroes to beat a Super Bowl caliber team. And you know what? All of you be superheroes. <laughs> be superheroes. Yes, be super. Put your capes on, you know, and and your spandex and get out there and and take care of business. But you know what? The interesting thing, John, is they've kind of done this before and they did it against the Packers. We saw a lot of players yeah. step up. Uh and, and so they're capable of doing that. But the big difference between that Packers game and this game here are two things. Number 1, injuries. This is a more banged up Buccaneer team right now than they were against the Packers. Number two, this is a tired Bucks team, man. The bye week yeah. doesn't come until after the Chiefs game. And that was a fresher, more active, aggressive type of, of, of defense uh, that we saw against Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not saying that this team is gassed right now, but listen, without a bye week right now, I and mean, we're talking, what, 12 games into the season before the Bucks have their bye week. Uh, I like the Bucks' chances in December, it could be a December to remember. They right. could go four and zero, but I just wonder how much gas they're going to have in the tank coming off of a Monday night game, the hard fought Monday night game, and and getting ready to face a team that's fully healthy, fully loaded, and uh, and and is the defending Super Bowl champions. John. Right, and it's kind of like man. I mean, we're going to talk about the Bucks offense here in a minute, but it's kind of like you look, man. The Bucks offense, you know, is is probably you know is is one of the better units in the league most weeks this season. Yeah. Um, and the Bucks defense is better than, certainly than the Raiders and the Panthers, who yep. are right there with the Chiefs. Uh, you know, down the stretch in a couple right. of games, and that's the thing. The Chiefs, as good as they are, you know, the Bucks have blown some people out this year. They've blown a handful of teams out this year, sure. to be honest. Um, and really, early in the season penalties and and a lot of mistakes help keep teams in it that the Bucks were just outplaying them other than those moments. Right. And they've really cut a lot of the penalties out. And so mm-hmm. it's helped them in some games. But the Chiefs, I mean, I mean, even if you look, they 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 obviously they crush teams like the Broncos and the Jets a little bit, but then the Panthers is close. They go into their bye. It's you know it's a two point game against the Panthers. They missed a field goal at the end. It was a long one. Bye week and then the Raiders we saw, you know, we also saw that game uh Sunday yeah. night. And it was kind of like again, it was a, it was a, they were down with uh, you know two minutes left or whatever it was, and then um, they drive down and they get the game winning score, and the Raiders just blow the coverage completely yeah. inexplicably. And so there's been a lot of those games this year where it's kind of oh, like, wait, hold on, you mean you're not supposed to cover Travis Kelsey in the end zone? Is that yeah, bad defense, John? I, I, yeah, I think. I mean, you could just always try your luck and see what happens, <laughs> but I mean, I think yeah. most of the time that was one of the worst defensive plays of the year. Oh probably. my gosh, yeah, I, 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 I gotta everyone. think. <laughs> You know, John Gruden, you know, he loves the, the tight end position, right? I mean, he just does. And <laughs> and he's got Darren Waller for the Raiders. I got to think somewhere on John Gruden's whiteboard, right? It's like when it when it's the Chiefs uh, Raiders, you know, week and you're doing the game plans and the team comes back on Wednesday. All right, guys, here's what we're going to do. Number one, don't let Travis Kelsey beat us, man. You got it? <laughs> right? I mean, that's probably number one on the board. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? And what do they do? Let Travis Kelsey beat him. Easy. Yeah. Give me a touchdown. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty unfortunate play by several members, including uh, uh, Carl Nassib, uh, who got uh, truck sticked on that play yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no. So I think that you know there is on paper, it's kind of like, well, I feel like the you know the Bucks might be able to give him a game, but again, it's going to come down to this offense, Scott, being so much bad. I just look at the Bucks defense and I say, even if you get an opportunistic play here or there, you know the offense obviously has to convert that. I think, but 
I just don't know how the Bucks win this game if they're not scoring high in the 30s. I uh, just yeah. don't think that this is a game like last game with the Rams. What I say, I said Todd Bowles has to be the hero in this game. Like this Bucks defense has to be the hero in the story of the night, and uh, they weren't good enough. And then it was you know you flip the script, and now this week it's. I just think the Bucks offense has to carry the night. I just don't know yeah, how I mean, anyone. I mean, look at the Raiders. I mean, they're yeah. we we all watched that game. We all watched the Raiders and the Panthers games, and we thought, you know, that's this defense has done has done a good job on Mahomes, and they scored in the thirties. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just you have to do that. I think in today's NFL, you're going to beat the 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 Chiefs. You have to basically have a game plan that gets in execution that gets you in into the thirty point range. I don't know how you win other than that. I'm with you, and and uh, I think. I, I really think putting schemes aside, what's going to do it for the Buccaneers, if the Buccaneers are going to win this game, they're going to have to, to take a page out of the Rams playbook to a degree. And what that is, is is scoring right before the half. I'm not sure how the coin toss is going to go, but they've got to, I think the, the Bucs need to be the team that scores the last at the end of the first half and at the end of the second half, because we've seen, in a lot of these Chiefs games, whether it was the Panthers game you referenced, whether it was the Raiders game that we just watched Sunday night, uh, it comes down to the last play sometimes. Now, they did destroy the, the Jets, right, 35-9. to They beat the Broncos 43-16. But the Buffalo game, 26-17, those last two games against Carolina and, and Las Vegas I talked about, uh, beating the Chargers and, and Justin Herbert's uh, you know, re- debut as a starter, right? That was week two, and they beat the Chargers in overtime 23-20. Uh, they lost the game against Las Vegas at home at Arrowhead. That's their only blemish this year, 40-32. to That's a one-score game. So I think what it's going to – what has to happen for the Buccaneers is schematics. Yeah, that's going to play a role. Play calling is going to play a role. But mm-hmm. game management, clock management, possession management – is going to be key. If the Buccaneers right. can score on the last series before halftime, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, and if they can have the ball at the end of the game and and put points on the board, whether it's a, a, a Ryan Suckup game-winning field goal, whether it's a Tom Brady touchdown, that's how the Buccaneers win in this game. Uh, I yeah. don't like a lot of the matchups. I don't like the health. We've talked about that. Uh, the Bucs are banged up. The Chiefs are healthy. I think game management is going to be huge. If Patrick Mahomes has the ball in his hands, the last series of the game, the Chiefs are going to win. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think you're exactly right. Not only does that have to be game management, it has to be good execution, um, better execution than we've really seen them against any team that isn't pretty bad this year. I mean, the Packers, they definitely executed well. Again, the Raiders' defense is brutal, but they executed great against the Raiders. Um, you know, we have to see that kind of execution yeah. and you have to hit the vertical balls. I mean, they hit vertical balls in those games. I said last week, I don't really care if they hit the vertical balls against the Rams. Right. Just don't try them that much. They tried them yeah. a ton. It didn't work out. They weren't even there. Everybody's talking about Brady can't hit the deep ball. And I'm not saying those passes are good, but again, deep ball wasn't there. Don't force it when it's not right. there just to throw it. You're wasting downs and you're putting the ball in harm's way as they did on two interceptions the other night. You have to be patient, but also against this Chiefs defense, You've got to be able to hit plays down the field. And so I wonder, Scott, is this the game? We've been saying it. We've been hinting at it. I even threw out a 200-yard prediction. Is this the game for Mike Evans? Can we get this guy like a 150-yard game? Is that going to happen this season? I mean, I know we got four 
There's four great defenses lined up for him to eat yeah. at the end of the season. But even in this one, Javarius Ward, Jerry Sneed, Bashad Breland's a solid player. Those are guys have all played well, but I don't right. know that anybody in the Chiefs will play some man coverage. They will. They 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 will give yeah. their ch- corners those chances. And I just feel like Mike Evans has got to eat. He's got to beat guys one on one, make plays down the field. And I'm not I'm not hating on Tom Brady when I say this, but Mike Evans was awesome against Jalen yeah, Ramsey. Was. Mike yeah. Evans, I mean, I'm not I'm just when not when he just when he got targeted, when he didn't get targeted. And I'm not saying right. I, there's reads and there's pressure and there's different things affect things, but right. Mike Evans was whooping up on Jalen Ramsey the yep. other night. And, and he looked like prime Mike Evans again, right. as he did against James Bradbury. I think this guy's all the way back. He's fully healthy. There's big plays to be had if they can find him in the passing game in this game. If they can find him. And that's what that's where it falls on Tom Brady's uh shoulder is is uh is is can he find him? Yeah, he throw him the ball. Uh, Jameis Winston certainly had his faults. The one thing is when Mike was hot, Mike got the ball in quarters yeah. one, two, three, and four. And so I, I, I believe what you're saying, and, I, and I, I've gone back and looked at that, that tape yet, but the times that I was watching Mike Evans, he was open, he was getting, yeah. you know, he was doing work out there on Monday night, and I, he is back. I just don't know if they're going to force feed Mike the ball as much. Um, and the reason I say that is because go back and look, John, at these last two games that have come down to the Bucks need a field goal to either tie or win the game against Chicago mm-hmm. on Thursday night, against the Rams on Monday night. And where was Tom Brady going with the football? Cam Brait. Cam Brait. Was it Brady? Was it Hudson in, in the Bears game? Or am it I was remembering Cam that right? Was it Brady? It was, again? Okay. Fourth down, he was going to Cam Brait. Down the field. Why? Like I love Cam Brait, one of my right, favorite. Right, but he's he's a red zone time. short yardage guy. I like him, I like him there. on third and four, picking up five yards, getting the first down. I don't like him 15, 20, 25 yards down the field in any situation. He can't go up and win a 50-50 ball. He's not going to outrun anybody. Right. I don't understand the the first of all the play call that has Cam Brait on the field running vertical routes. Right, so part of the, the blame goes on Byron Leftwich and, and Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, if you want to throw deep to somebody on fourth down, um, where's Scotty Miller? Make him the guy, right? Put Scotty Miller on the field. It'd be nice right? to see him. <laughs> or maybe throw to Mike Evans. Circling back around to your point, John, maybe throw to Mike Evans in those critical situations, right? If you're going to force right. the ball in there to somebody, right? Make it make it uh, be to the to the six foot five Skywalker, the guy that can leap out of the gym and go up and get it, right? Yeah, right. So I, part, partly, um, I don't think Mike Evans is going to eat the way you, you think he can or want him to in the way I want him to, too, because of, of the dumb play calling by Byron Leftwich in instances like that. And Tom Brady's penchant for throwing to Cam Brady. Don't yeah. get it. Yeah, I, it's uh, so I mean, there's so many options now that even if Cam Brady, you know, he played 29 snaps the other night and uh, – you know, and Scotty Miller played 15. And so, um, you know, I, if I'm the Bucs, I'm getting four receivers on the field. But again, I'm doing probably different things with the routes than they're doing with the routes a lot of the time. You know, you're going to see a big difference between the way these teams attack. The Chiefs yeah. understand horizontal spacing and horizontal passing and how that can benefit an offense. And the Bucs are just so vertically based that it doesn't, they just don't use it enough. And it's a big problem. And I think that it needs to, something that needs to change. But this offense has, still has potential. I mean, they can hit big plays in this game. I know the Chiefs' defense has been good. Mentioned them being fifth in yards per 
per attempt on offense. They're fifth per yards per attempt on defense. This is going to uh, unsettle Bucks fans, I think. But the Rams have the least amount of air yards that they've allowed uh, in this this season, and the Chiefs have allowed the second least amount of air yards. So they have done a great job of limiting big plays uh, in the passing game but differently than the Rams. They aren't literally constructed to, li- to limit big plays in the passing game. They are there to be had against the Chiefs. And one of the ways that they're there to be had, I know this isn't the Bucks' forte, but they're there to be had in missed tackles. Uh, you know, yeah. the Chiefs have missed, or they're 29th in missed tackles this season. They've missed, I think, 84 missed tackles this season. So there's only a few teams that have missed more tackles than the Chiefs. So you got to take advantage of that. You have to be able to move the ball on these guys. Uh, and some of that comes after the catch and making plays with the ball in your hands. Not really the forte of this Bucks receiving group. Supposed to be Chris Godwin's forte has been an area of criticism for me with his game this year. You know, and really all these weapons. I'm just have they really played at their peak performance? We talk about Brady. We talk about Leftwich. We talk about Arians. You know, we've said the offensive lines had a great season. Have the Bucks weapons? really played their best football. I don't know that they have this season. Injuries right. have been a part of it for Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, but I really think that if they can get it together this last month, the group still has a chance to peak in time for the playoffs, but it has to start in this game. I mean, you have to make an impact against the Chiefs. And one of the big areas, red zone, Scott. Yeah. As much as we might say good things about the Chiefs defense, they are last in the NFL and red zone defense, 75.9% of the time they are giving up touchdowns and it's trending the wrong way for them. Yeah. 89% over the last three games. Basically you get in the red zone. It's almost an auto touchdown against the chiefs lately. Obviously you can't take that to the bank. Red zone right. still has some fluidity to it as a statistic, but it's a pretty good indicator yeah. that a Bucks team that has been great in the red zone, really almost the entire season, except for that little stretch against yeah. the Panthers. Um, you know, they, they really have been pretty dominant in that area of the field and they're going to need to do it. You cannot against the chiefs set up for field goals. And that includes no, exactly be aggressive right. on fourth down early yeah. in this game and, and often in this if game. Ryan Don't wait. Up is kicking field goals. They need to be from 40 yards out. They mm-hmm. really do. Because if you're inside the 10 yard line, and you got to settle for field goals, then you're settling for, you know, for seven and five is what you're doing. You, yep. You're not going to have a chance to beat the Chiefs. You're not going to have a chance to win eight games on this Sunday. And uh, so that's one thing that that concerns me a little bit is, is and we've seen it, and, you know, they didn't necessarily need to do it against Carolina. They really took control of that game in the second half, John. But, boy, yep. Ryan, Ryan Suckup had but three field goals from inside 28 yards. You'd like to see better – goal to go offense and and better play selection better execution and get those touchdowns on the board it didn't matter as much against a lesser opponent like carolina it's going to matter the most as you said against uh, a very tough team in uh, in kansas city coming to the town and you know what you know what it's finally not coming to town anymore john hurricanes i think we're finally over yes. hurricane season it's almost the end of november right um but right. at the same time there's, there's, you know, there's a need. Like if, if you, if you went back and looked at, at the number of tropical storms, you know, and you're, you're about to move to Florida, you're about, you missed hurricane season, right. John. Just, th- I know just slid in under hurricane season. Right. But the thing is, is, is June is only about seven months away and it's all over again down here in Florida. Um, but there's one place to turn though, for home insurance needs, for car insurance, for, mm-hmm. um, 
uh, commercial insurance. Where where would yeah. I find that place, John? Yeah, Briar Greaves Insurance, Scott. You know this because you just switched to them recently and you've been overwhelmed with how good the product has been and how great they have been in working yes. with you to save you money. Uh, so call Briar Greaves Insurance. Family owned, has served the greater Tampa Bay area for 30 years for your home, auto, boat, life, commercial, and flood insurance needs. A lot of homeowner companies are canceling or not renewing policies, leaving Florida or increasing premiums significantly. But you can call Briar Greaves and speak directly to Briar or Sam for a personalized touch for information on the best rates. The folks at Briar Greaves Insurance are big fans of the Bucks. You get plenty of Bucks talk when you talk to them. That's why I'm waiting to get in touch with them when I get down there, talk a little yep. Bucks with them. And proud sponsors of the Pewter Report podcast, on pewterreport.com. Visit briargreavesinsurance.com or call 813-876-4166. That's 813-876-4166 today. It's an opportunity to save money heading into the yeah. holiday season. Got to take advantage of it uh, because they what they're offering is some really good stuff over at Briar Greaves. Absolutely. John, I think it's time for us to offer up our our picks. Before we yes. do that, though, yeah, before, thanks. Go ahead. You do your before we do that, and then I have a before okay. we do that. <laughs> um, so, so before we do that, you know, Thanksgiving is tomorrow, and uh, and and I, I kind of want to, uh, you know, talk about a couple of things. Uh, I'll give you a second to think about it. What are you thankful for, John? Uh, so get that prepped in your mind. What I'm okay. thankful for is is a couple of things. Number one, you Buccaneer fans have been rock steady with us all season long. We didn't have an off season to report on. And yet you're yeah. still there coming to the website uh, for our post-draft analysis. I know that it wasn't, wasn't fun not having OTAs in many camps to, to, to not cover and in a very abbreviated training camp, but you guys were there. We have had a record year uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of web traffic and it's all because of you. Yeah. Tom Brady's got something to do with it, but you guys, Buccaneer fans have been absolutely outstanding. So we appreciate that. You've been so supportive of our pewter report podcast showing up and showing out with, with the Super Chats, uh, with your attendance, with watching us on YouTube. And by the way, you can go to, to YouTube and, and find us there at Pewter Report TV and subscribe. We, we appreciate that. But you Buccaneer fans and Pewter Report readers and listeners have been absolutely awesome. So I want to thank you for that. Number two, I want to thank uh, you guys for the, the uh, overwhelming uh support and, and outpouring of love that I received when my mother passed away. Uh, it's been, it's been a month now. It's been a very, very quick month. Um, we're going to feel her loss tomorrow at Thanksgiving, but, um, uh, and her birthday is up um, on de- December 20th. So right before Christmas. So it's going to be a little tough at the Reynolds household, but you guys were there uh, with a lot of support. I really appreciate that. That that's tremendous. Number three, Thankful for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for being seven and four, right, John? We we haven't talked about the draft yet. That's a good thing because usually by middle of October you haven't been here in years past. But man, it's like we flipped the page quickly <laughs> because because we know the Bucks are destined for a top ten draft pick, and and you know uh, fans are always looking ahead. Okay, this season it's middle of October, down the tubes. Uh, who's on the horizon? Where are the saviors for this franchise? The good thing is Jason Light's hit on enough draft picks. Uh, and, and certainly a Tristan Wirfs and, and Antoine Winfield now, John, right. in this year's draft class, though, to where the, the record is flipped. Instead of being four and seven, this team is seven and four this year. They were four and mm-hmm. seven last year and, and did, to their credit, go on a bit of a winning streak, kept things interesting in December before faltering, uh, had a shot at nine and seven, dropped a couple of winnable games at home. Um, team ran out of gas. 
But this year, I'm thankful for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, giving the Buccaneer fans out there something to cheer for. 2020 has been a bad year. Maybe not so much for the Tampa Bay area with the Lightning winning and the Rays going to the World Series, but the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. I, I think that that uh, it's it's been a great narrative change, and let's hope that they can make the playoffs this year. I think it's looking good, even if they were to lose on Sunday. We'll get to that prediction in a second, John, but take it away. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm. there's always so many things. It's hard to know where to draw the line with this, but, I mean, obviously thankful. I mean, my family's been awesome. Last year has been crazy for us trying to figure out where the Lord wants us and what we're going to be doing. And obviously starting with Pewter Report was awesome. Um, didn't know whether I'd be back in sports media at any point. And so being able to start with y'all has been great. Uh, and you just bending over backwards for us has been awesome um, through the COVID era and everything uh, that's gone on. Um, just being able to make this work and being able to now be what about 10 days from moving down there, you know, 11, 12 days from moving down there uh, to Tampa Bay and and to being in the area and box fans have been amazing. I mean, I can't, I mean, on Twitter, like it's so different than covering the Steelers where they get mad at every time you <laughs> criticize or say something different about the team. And I love Steelers fans too, but it's just different world. You know, they, they're more likely to say, wow, you might actually like be right about that. And so it's a little bit weird. You don't have to be defensive you don't have to prove it as much. I mean, I'm still trying to, but um, so it's been really cool. Uh, the interactions there. So definitely thankful for Peter Report and for for the fans of Peter Report. Um, they've been uh, a tremendous and thankful for, I mean, my wife's been amazing, like trying to get this move while we're trying to start this podcast up and expand Peter Report's coverage, you know, and trying to, we've seen the traffic. It's just been absolutely insane. So we're yeah. trying to like match that with, you know, people's desire and want for more coverage with more content. And she has just handled every part of the move. I mean, just everything has been on her shoulders and she's been unbelievable and, and my daughters have been unbelievable as well so we're just looking forward to getting down there looking forward to being able to cover this team a little bit live and and yeah. getting to know the area and eventually when this freaking covid finally goes yeah. away um you know being able to to meet up with some of y'all and have some fan events yeah. and we have so many cool things in store and planned and, well, and coming and john you haven't missed anything because i still have yet to meet tom brady i have yet to have a face to face if you would, if you'd be say. here in Tampa, you'd be doing these Zoom calls and stuff. Uh, That's right. We haven't been at uh, really one Buccaneer place, um, you know, in the locker room, in the media room. It's all been watching practices outside, and yeah. that's, that's really it. So, yes, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, thank my, my lovely wife, Ashley, and my, my great family, uh, too. Um, it, like I said, it's, it's been a, a difficult uh, time this fall with my mom's passing. Uh, they've been a rock for me, too, and, and not just that, but also – Helping us power through this this football season, where it's literally seven days a week, you know, uh, from from August through uh, what well, we say through December, John. But yeah, it very well could be January, maybe into February. True. Uh, but uh, we'll see. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing and one player that may not uh, talk to me as much. We've been doing this segment. This will be the second week now. Where's Leonard going? I don't know when I get to Tampa, Scott. <laughs> if Leonard will talk to me very much. But I can't hold back. He might anymore. not be in Tampa by the time I, you get he here. Might not be, honestly, he might be gone. Although Bruce thinks yeah. he has great hands, so we'll see what happens. But look at these Leonard Fournette plays. Look at this man. Where are you going? Go. Where are you going? That's the only unblocked guy. Don't run toward oh, him. Oh boy. What's this? Get it's right there. there, John. It's right through there. Oh no, Leonard. Where are you going? And then here oh. again. Once isn't enough. Oh, Where no. are you going, Leonard? <laughs> that's the nose tackle that's your double oh, team goodness. Leonard oh. don't do it to him Leonard 
Oh, oh no. And then one, one more Scott, just cause I can't right. help myself. One more. This is an opportunity. It's a six yard game. That's the best game Leonard Fournette's had in like, okay. Oh, I don't know. Six weeks, probably six right. yard gain. And he could add a touchdown if he just makes the safety miss, or I don't know. He's 230 pounds. Right. Maybe, Maybe run, run over a, a guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Look, watch him. Look at this hole. Whoa. No! Leonard. <laughs> Holes to the outside. The holes to the outside runs to daylight. Where right are you going, there. Leonard? Oh, oh John. No, can you stop it? Gone. Can you play that again and stop it? I, I don't know if I can stop it. Right? Look, can I? There. No, I don't think. Oh, gosh. Donovan oh. Smith's doing work out there, man. Run right oh, behind Big goodness. 76. Leonard. Oh, Leonard. Goodness. So, anyway, Leonard Fournette, ladies and gentlemen, looking forward to seeing if he can pass up three drops and if he can get more than six yards on a carry this week. Leonard Fournette. All right, our prediction, Scott. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Because you usually first. go. All right, I'll go, yeah, first. go first. I I do think the Bucs, I felt really strongly that they wouldn't win against the Rams. Even though I thought it could be yeah. a close game, I just did not feel like the matchup was right for them. And I thought that they would get, even if they came out more patient, which they did, and they scored twice in their first two drives, or two of their first three drives, and it was like, man, this is an opportunity for this team to, to piece together a patient offense like they haven't had most of the year. And then they started pressing the gas and trying to get to 14 put your, uh, points on one play. And again, yep. and it was just like, ah, oh, like the Rams are not letting you do this, but the other stuff is there if you can stay patient. And so um, I, I was why I picked against them. I think the chances yep. are better that they are able to be productive and win this game offensively. And whenever you can generate offense in a game, whenever you're relying on your offense more than your defense, I generally feel better about a team's chances if their offense is up to is up to par. And I think the box offense can be, but at the end of the day, it's just Patty Mahomes. And in clutch situations, the Chiefs have been great this season. Yeah. The Bucs have not been great. And I think it's right. going to come down to a situation like that. And uh, I, I just I trust Patty Mahomes more than any other quarterback in the league. Not even a knock on the Bucs. Just Patty Mahomes, Andy Reid, they're ridiculous. I think the Chiefs are probably going to win the Super Bowl again. But if the Bucs yeah. can hang with them and if the Bucs can win this game, they've got to – I mean, look at the last month. I mean, those yeah. are some of the worst defenses, some of the worst pass defenses yeah. in the NFL – They've got it, and Vikings. we've seen what they've done against other bad Falcons pass defenses. Twice. Right, Lions. Lions. Yes, it's there for the taking. This could be a December to remember with a with with a, a full sweep. But first, yeah. they got to get through uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and then they get a bye week. They get like a little bit of reprieve to get healthy and refocused, and and uh, and maybe you do some self scouting and break some of these tendencies, John, and then really kind of pony up to you know to get these these next four games uh, in December because it's not. Remember, guys, it's not how you play in November. It's how you play in December. It's it's you got to be streaking, got to be peaking, heading into the playoffs. And um, uh, this game's in November. It's not December. And this is mm -hmm. against a healthier defending Super Bowl champion team. Um, this game could either be very close or it could really get out of hand fast against the Bucs. If, if, if they have problems with injuries, um, I, I could see Kansas City really – this this could be a blowout where, where the Chiefs come in and win. I don't could think be. it's going to, though, um, but I don't see the Buccaneers blowing out the Chiefs at all like they did against the Packers. So I'm going to err on the side of caution. I'm going to err on the side that even with maybe Jamel Dean not playing, uh, that, that Todd Bowles can do some some funky things. I'm, I'm predicting a couple heroes uh, shedding their sidekick role and stepping up on Sunday afternoon. I still like the Chiefs, though, 34-31. I think that, that whether that field goal comes at the end of the first half 
like we saw against the Rams going down the field and, and kicking that field goal uh, with one second left after a 35-yard screen by uh, Robert Woods, um, or whether it's it's a it's a Patrick Mahomes drive him down at the end and then um, you know the, the kicker nails the game winner. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's 34-31 is my prediction. Chiefs win. Uh, the Bucks reeling a bit with back-to-back losses against some pretty good playoff caliber teams. Have yep. no fear. December is near. 40 to 31, my final prediction. Chiefs win 40 to 31. So there you have it. I'm sorry, Bucks faithful. I'm 10 and 1 picking Bucks games this season. I did not expect that at all. (laughs) So there's a little luck on my side. The only one I got wrong was the Bears one. The Buccaneers. If they just, the Bears game, Scott, if they, mm, freaking Bears. Um, But yeah. And and obviously, uh, Buccaneer fans hope you're going to be, be what, 10 and 2. 10 and 2. Oh, and I would love to be 10 and 2. Yeah. I would love to be 10 and 2. And I think I'll probably pick them. You know, we'll see about injuries, yeah. but I'd probably pick them the rest of the way. So, I mean, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm wrong this week, then we'll see what happens Speaking last of month. Sunday but. night, that's going to be the next time you get to hear myself and John Ledyard and see us that's if right. you're watching because no podcast tomorrow. Enjoy your turkey, enjoy your football, enjoy your pumpkin pie. And uh, we'll have Thanksgiving Thursday off. The next podcast will be Sunday night after the Bucks and Chiefs play. Then we'll go back to our regular schedule. We'll have Mondays mm-hmm. and Wednesdays and Thursdays. And um, so look forward to that. But uh, uh, John, any other final parting thoughts before we, we send it off? I don't think so. We're going to have a great week next yeah. week. And uh, we're, I'm pumped for that podcast after the game, yeah. that, that podcast, last time we had a four twenty five game, that podcast lit it up and there was yeah. a ton of people in here and it was great. So looking make forward sure you're to there. Come, yeah. Come spread the love, join, join the fun. Uh, make sure you, you buy some Celsius on your black Friday. They'll probably have some black Friday deals. So check out uh, Celsius for that. Win or lose, we're having a Celsius toast during that game or after yes, that game. No doubt about it. Um, no Fab Five on Friday. Typically don't do one because it's Black Friday. You guys are out doing your shopping either at the malls or, or online. But I will have four matchups to watch, taking that part out of my Fab Five. So that'll be on Friday. And I'm going to have a special Thanksgiving Day column tomorrow. So mm-hmm. check out my column tomorrow, which is Thursday, and then the four matchups to watch. Uh, Bucks versus Chiefs, that'll be on Friday, as well as our pewter preview and predictions. So you can find out who uh, Taylor Grizz Jenkins, Mark Cook, and Matthew Matera also picked in the Bucks-Chiefs game, as well as a little bit more analysis from John and I on Friday. So be sure to check that out. Yeah. Thank you all for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. We will see you Sunday. Out.